Good morning, Say What family. I am so excited to be talking to you guys today. Listen, I am so pumped to have this conversation, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, about what we're talking about, but I want to know how you guys are doing, how you feeling, you feeling good, excited, stressed, nervous. Send me a DM when you listen to this and tell me how you're feeling. You know, we like to chat, I like to chat it up. I need to figure out how to get my notifications to turn on, though, so I'm noticing I'm responding to everybody like, hours later. So I'll figure that out later. But um, thank you guys so much for all the response I've gotten from the uh, porn episode with Thomas. We shared our story and put it out there and was real vulnerable. And I was real nervous. I was even like, should I share this on my page? Should I not? Like my personal one. And I was like, no, I'm going to. This is something I should talk about and not feel shame to talk about. So we did it. And you guys have been so kind and so encouraging and it just seriously means the world. So but in that episode, I did talk about how we're going to talk about it with women coming up soon. And this is the soon. We're doing it today. Today we're talking about women in porn because it's definitely 100% not just a man's issue like everyone likes to say it is. Um, and I feel like there's a whole extra level of shame around it with women in um so I figured it was super important for us to talk about that. Last week, I just wanted to share Thomas and I's experience with it. And so now we're going to talk about it from the women's perspective, because I know girls, we have this issue as well. So we're talking about it. And who better to talk about it with than one of my friends. Her name is Lacey. Lacey, say hello. Hi. <laughs> Lacey is amazing. I like started following, we became Instagram friends a while ago. And she has this t-shirt company or, and sticker company, I guess it's more than just t-shirts, but, uh, called love your neighbor. And I have like probably four shirts, I think at this point, <laughs> maybe five. I don't remember. I need to get a tie dye one too. That's next yeah. on my list, but life is expensive. So can't buy fun things right now, but it's coming soon. Um, and I just followed her and we've just become friends and we met in real life a few weeks ago which was so fun. I was so glad to see her. She may or may not be Jezzy Bath on TikTok. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Lacey, give us an intro. Tell us who you are, what you do, all the things. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, so my name is Lacey Abercrombie. Um, I am Jezzy Beth on TikTok, <laughs> which is like apparently my claim to fame now. Um, it's which is super yeah it's funny um I am 27 and I live in Dallas Texas and um yeah I have a small business called love your neighbor and that's super fun and I'm on staff at a church and that's also really fun so yeah nice um also we're doing this on zoom so bear with us we if the audio messes up whatever it's going to be okay we're pushing through and I zoom sometimes audio comes in and out so just bear with us guys if we can only do this in person it'd be way better but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Um, so something I like to talk about with my guests is uh, just like a quick little thing. Like, what's one thing you love? What's one thing you hate? So like, what is that? And I'll also share mine. I need to think about it. So I will. But One thing I really love like right now is um, matcha. <laughs> yes. I, love, I love ice green tea lattes with coconut milk or soy milk. Um, and then one this morning, huh? Is that what you're drinking this morning? No, I'm actually drinking. This is a dark almond milk foam cold brew. Sounds delicious. Okay. I don't know if you it, but I, I also really love this too, because I've been trying to drink less sugar 
in my coffee. So um, it's a really good alternative. So I really like it. So I really like that too. (laughs) Um, And something I don't like is when lip gloss sticks to my hair. Yes, that is really my problem. Like this morning, I've been like pulling all of my hair off my mouth and wearing lip gloss. It's the worst. I'm just like, I'm just not even going to wear it because it just, I hate when it sticks to me. I know. How do we, how do we do that better? All right, makeup companies, I need y'all to like yeah. get on it. It's probably out yeah. there, but I just haven't found it, but like I need them to get on it. Okay. What's one thing I love and one thing I hate? Um, my dog just made some noise. Sorry if you heard that. Um, I love the fact that I'm getting a new king size bed today. Literally praise the freaking Lord because our dog sleeps with us and we've been in a queen size bed and there's just not enough room for all three of us. So getting a king size bed and it's coming in today and I'm just like finally good sleep and one thing I strongly dislike is memory foam mattresses I hate them people love them I do not it's not it's not for me I need to like plush I need to feel like I'm sleeping on a cloud and that's just it's not what it's not what memory foam does for you so that's one thing I love and one thing I hate (laughs) so Well, now that we've gotten to know each other just a little bit, Gus got to know you like briefly. Um, why don't we talk about porn? So there is a reason I have Lacey on today on today. Cause I remember probably I don't even know how long ago it was, but like I've been following Lacey for a while and I remember she posted something about like struggles with porn and I was like, Oh my god, a woman is talking about this. This is amazing. Like, wow, this is like I was just so like inspired and also like this is the best that someone's actually talking about this and so I had like kept that in my mind for with podcasts because I knew I wanted to talk about porn and I was like okay if anybody can talk about it I think Lacey can so why don't we just open up tell me your like story with porn beginning where you're at now all the stuff like let's just let them like know your story about it okay so um basically the first time I ever viewed porn, I was probably about seven years old. Wow. Um, and it was an accident. <laughs> and I say it was an accident because I mean, no set, like I was seven years old. I didn't even know right. that existed. Um, so it was purely an accident. Um, and I kind of forgot about it. It was just like, Oh, I did not want to see that. No. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> and then I forgot about it, moved on, um, until I was about 11 years old. Um, then I accidentally stumbled on it again. And this time when you're 11, your body's a little bit different and you can like kind of understand a little bit more and you're a little bit older. So your friends have kind of talked about that kind of stuff. And you know, it's a little bit more normal, I guess. Um, when you're a little bit older, Mm. it's still super young to view porn for sure. Um, and I don't wish that on anybody, but, um, I was 11. And so that time around, it was like more, uh, enticing to me, I guess. Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. Like this, this is kind of like, I feel bad when I do this, but not bad, like sad, bad, like dangerous. Mm, And I, yeah. And I, and I, I enjoyed that. And so (laughs) I began, um, yeah. So it was like, I was 11 years old and I stayed in secret until I was 21. Wow. So for 10 years, I struggled with pornography. Yeah. So for 10 years, I struggled with it in the dark by myself Mm-hmm. And, um, I, it was like, there were months that I wouldn't watch porn. Like there'd be three, four, five, six months. I wouldn't oh. view it, but then there would be three, four, five, six months where I did all the time. Yeah. And so I, I was addicted to porn and I want to be so like honest about that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not quiet about my addiction to pornography. Huh. Um, because 
a part of my story. And I think that more women should talk about it and normalize it. Um, because I never heard anyone ever growing up until I was 25, 26 talk about, I never heard a woman talk about porn. Um, and the time that I did hear one talk about porn, she just mentioned it in passing really quick. So, so I'm like the whole thing. It was just, yeah. Like, yeah. And so I think that we should, I think women should be open, honest and upfront about it because, um, there's so much more shame built into, uh, women watching porn than men. And, yeah. uh, it's because it's, it's because it's portrayed as a man's game. Right. Um, and so if you're a woman struggling with it, You'll never speak up about it because you feel like it's a man's game and it's weird if people know. Right. And there's like um, no space for women either. Like there's no space to be held for women to have that struggle because it's automatically like a men's issue. Like right. no question. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So like by myself, I mean, for so, so the time I was 11 until the time I was 21, I never told anybody about it. I never mentioned it. I never hinted to it. I never got caught. Um, and which is funny too, because this was before I had a cell phone. Oh so this was like watching porn on TV, um, which is like, ugh, yeah. I can't even imagine doing that now. Um, but like this was watching porn on TV and then it moved to, you know, once I did get the phone and things like that. Um, and that was, it was, but it was so easy for me to keep it hidden wow. because I just didn't have any kind of accountability. I didn't, I was like, I'm never going to tell anybody about this. Like I'll just keep struggling with this in the dark until I die. So um that was kind of yeah that was kind of it and then so whenever I was 21 I was in Bible college in Michigan um and I had a friend at Bible college her name is Bethany McManigal and to this day she's still someone I just like I will always treasure her because she's the first person I ever told that I struggle with pornography um and so she holds like such a special place in my life um I I call her Beezer and so we were sitting, yeah, we were in my dorm and we had just listened to this song called Come Out of Hiding. Mm. And it's by Stephanie Gretzinger. Stephanie Gretzinger, yes. I was like, ooh, uh, I had that song on her beat a lot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And she, so that song, it says, uh, come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. Um, there's no need to cover what I already see. Mm. Um, you have your reasons, but I hold your peace. Um, you've been on lockdown and I hold the key. And then it goes into the, I loved you before you knew it was love. Um, I saw it all, but I chose the cross and you were the one I was thinking of when I rose from the grave. Mm -hmm. um, now get rid of the shackles. Mm -hmm. The victory is yours. And I was just like, it was just all of a sudden, I don't know why, but in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, God already knows everything that I do. Like, which right. is something you don't want to think about when you're watching porn. You don't want to be like, Jesus knows I'm doing this. And right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not thinking about, I'm like, I'm not thinking about that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it also, I think, like, it goes back to um, growing up, like, I mean, I didn't grow up in the church, but I used to go to youth group and things like that, and whenever you're in this, it's kind of like this weird culture where it's like, you guys, it's very surface level feeling sometimes, and the discipleship can feel very surface level. It's not all churches. The churches I'm at right now does an incredible job of discipleship mm -hmm. um, and mentoring young people, but for some churches, like I, I used to go to a Baptist church and the yeah. discipleship was just so surface level yeah. that there was never any like hard meaty questions. And, um, so I think it all goes back to that. That's why there was no accountability because, and mm -hmm. there was no reason for me to think like conviction or right. have those things because I wasn't taught that. So, yeah. um, so by the time I was 21, I definitely knew what convictions were and had them often mm -hmm. and, uh, felt the need to repent of things. But 
never of my addiction to pornography because it was just too big. Yeah. And so when I was 21, I was sitting with my friend Bethany and listening to that song and we were just kind of sitting there in silence, just like hanging out. And, um, I just was like, I need to tell you something that I've never told anybody. And you know, when you're on a sleepover, it's like when someone says that, you're like, ooh, tea. Yeah, like, boy, what is it? Or something like that, you know? Like, excited. Poor Bethany. She had no idea. I was about to, like, reveal my biggest. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you, like, have a crush on someone. I'm like, um, no. I'm addicted to porn, and I have been for 10 years, and you're the only person I've told, you know? So, poor Bethany. Um, but she what was amazing is that I had this like idea in my head that the first person I tell is going to be, well, I had an idea in my head that anybody I told would be grossed out. Mm -hmm. Um, that wouldn't be my friend anymore that they would turn their back on me. Like, and that's kind of, when you think about that with, with other people, that's the way you think about it with God. You're like, well, these people would shame me. God would shame me. It would just be shameful. And that's just couldn't be further from the truth. Um, because whenever I first told Bethany, she didn't even flinch. It was, it wasn't even like a, what? It was just like a, okay. And then whenever I started telling more people Mm -hmm. the same response, okay. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, what? (laughs) And so I was like, oh, people aren't, people don't think that I'm gross. Like people, people don't think that I'm disgusting. They don't think of me differently. And the reality is, is that no one did, Mm. but because shame is so big and all encompassing, it convinced me for 10 years and it's not, it's, I'm saying shame convinced me. Satan convinced me because Satan's behind shame. Right. right. I was convinced by the devil that shame would always be what I would feel. Mm -hmm. And it it might as well just stay in the shame by myself and not bring everybody else into it. I should just like, I should, I'll be, if if no one knows, Mm -hmm. it can't really hurt me. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that it had been hurting me for years of my life. Wow. And yeah. so when I came clean to Bethany, that was the first time, but I didn't, I still didn't stop. Mm. And there still wasn't like a ton of, because how do you hold your friend accountable? Like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Oh. So it's like, that was just kind of a journey that we had to kind of walk out. And then she started asking me the hard questions. And I was like, whoa, I don't want you to ask me the hard questions. <laughs> right. Like, I just um, yeah, that's far as it goes. Yeah. I'm like, I just needed like you to just, um, say it was okay. <laughs> you know, don't like hold me accountable. Yeah. So, um, I ended up coming back to Texas cause that was in Michigan. So I ended up coming back to Texas and I joined this church that I'm at right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, I met my best friend in the entire world. Her name's Macy. Mm. And if you follow me on Instagram, you see her everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, I know who Macy is. Like, I just know. Yeah. Like, I've never met her. Yeah. <laughs> All of my social media friends are like, oh, yeah, I know who Macy is. I'm like, yeah, it's because like, I love her. So, okay. so her, um, she, I met her and she, um, she and then another girl that I'm friends with named McKenna, um, the two of them really became like vital parts of my life and people who I would um, confide in regularly about my struggles with pornography, about my struggles with um, any kind of sexual sin that was tied, um, because pornography doesn't just affect your secret life in a way of like, oh, well, I'm struggling with porn, um, and that's it. It's like, you're struggling with porn, and then this idea in your head, you're like, oh, I have to be that, I have to do that, and I have to perform that way, and if I don't look like that, and if I can't do those things, Mm -hmm. I'm inadequate, and I'm not enough, so porn pours out into every area of your life, and I, that's just, it's just something that you have to be aware of. Once you recognize, oh, porn is actually going to spill out to every single thing I do. Mm-hmm. That's when you realize, okay, this is, it actually has way too strong of a grip and a stronghold on me. I have to get help. Yeah. Um, so I, I started talking to, to Macy about it and then McKenna about it. And then um, there was just this time where McKenna 
said, Hey, I've been struggling with that too. And I was like, what? what? And so, the only one. <laughs> yeah. And so that was the first time I had talked to another girl who had struggled with it. Mm. And that was whenever I was, I think I was 23. Um, so it was about three years ago, three years ago, four years ago. And, uh, I remember just being like, Oh my gosh, like there's another girl out there who struggles because even when you come out of the dark, you still feel in the dark and by yourself because right. no one else is like, yeah, me too. With other sins, it's like, oh, you lost your virginity before marriage. Oh, me too. Right. Oh, you drink, you've been drunk. Oh, me too. Right. Um, oh, you're a woman watching porn? Sucks for you. Like, it's like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, and it's hard because uh, people don't know how to properly, like, talk to you about it or love you through it unless they've been there. Right. Um, they can just give you like a really good advice, but that's kind of it. And so to meet somebody and to know somebody and be friends with someone who had struggled with it too, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like a freeing thing. And so oh, her and I started yeah. having conversations about it and, uh, she became actually free of porn before me. Okay. And I was like jealous. I was like, <laughs> good for you, but I'm still struggling. Yeah. Um, and I struggled, man, it just felt, it felt like a never ending thing. I'm like, how will I ever get out of this? How will I ever be a person that doesn't want to do this right and doesn't want to watch this um and so it wasn't until I uh sat down with Macy and McKenna and they had a very real conversation with me because accountability is the best thing for you and the worst oh, feeling yes it's the best and then also in the middle you're like Ugh, but it's so, but you need it yeah yeah they just they sat me down and they just said hey it was kind of like an intervention that's how I described it and like <laughs> It really was, mm-hmm. and it was horrible, but it was like, I look back and it was the best conversation I could have ever had, wow. um, and it shaped a lot of who I am right now, wow. um, and which I can't say that about a lot of conversations, but those, those two girls loved me so much mm-hmm. that they were like, hey, you're going down a path of destruction, and if you don't stop now, you're not like going to be okay, you know, it's just, let's just let's get you help. Let's get you. So they told me I need to go to counseling, which everybody needs to go to therapy. I love therapy. Love therapy. I talk about yeah. therapy, like probably every legit episode. I'm like, so this is what my therapist said. This is what I talked about in therapy. This has been helpful. Um, yeah. she gets the I'm like a year and a half in it and I'm like, couldn't imagine yeah. life without it. So yeah, therapy, therapy rules. So they told me I should go to therapy. And then they said, I should also do this program called regeneration. And so I had never heard of regeneration before, but it's offered at my church. Um, and it's a recovery program for anything. So there's like, you just go with your program. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's enough. I can go for that. So more shame came with that because I'm going to this program. I work at this church. I am on, I'm, I'm on the worship team. So I'm on the stage. Right. People know who I am. Yeah. And so the shame like going in and you have to introduce yourself and say, hi, uh, my name's Lacey. I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from. And so I was like, I just, maybe I just won't say it. Right. <laughs> and then God's like, oh, the whole point is that you speak up and you I don't have to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I just remember my first time saying, hi, uh, my name's Lacey. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from uh, anxiety, depression, and an addiction to pornography. So all those things are linked. Right. You know, one after the other, because how can you not be severely depressed, hiding something in the dark for that oh, long by yourself? Right. Uh, severe depression, mm-hmm. um, crazy depressive episodes. And when I said that out loud, I just started bawling oh. because I had this room of 20 plus women all looking at me 
you know, mm-hmm. and when I walked in the build, the church building, they're like, oh my gosh, lady, aren't you on the worship? Aren't don't you sing on stage? I love your voice. You know, you're like, like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I wish I could be in a disguise. But the truth is, is that God doesn't want us to live in the disguise and he doesn't want us to live bound by shame Ooh, because yeah. he wants us to be yep. free from those things. And so I kind of imagine it like this. Um, whenever you're hiding something in the dark, specifically pornography or something like a sexual sin, um, you're in this dark room by yourself, you're chained up. So you have shackles on your, on your ankles, shackles on your wrists, and you're chained in the dark by yourself. There's no one in there with you. And that's how you live. And the minute that you say out loud to another person, I'm, I'm struggling with whatever it is, I'm struggling. One of the shackles comes off. Mm, yeah and then you say i need help another shackle comes off and then you say can you help me and you ask for it then a person cracks the door open and the light comes in Mm. you know and that person walks in and they reach out and they help you up and so like that this this imagery that i've always had of when i came out and said i struggle with pornography i'm addicted to pornography i need help it was like shackles were loosened Shackles were off. People were in on my story. People were in. They knew about it. They helped me. Um, and in regeneration, you have to have like a mentor. You're, you're like, you have to have a mentor that you meet with every week. And I'll ask all the tough questions. And so my mentor, her name is Stephanie and she's amazing. And she would ask me the hard questions and not even, she just like, she's so like cool and like yeah. VA that she's just like, she just was like, so have you watched porn this week? Like, it just wasn't even like a, like, and I'd be like, it's almost the same as like, have you had ice cream today? Like, have you watched porn? She, she, she would just ask so simply and just be like, yeah, just tell me, you know? And I just thought, okay, like there's no easing into it. And that was the best way for me to recover was for someone to ask me just point blank, are you struggling? And yeah. Macy would do the same thing. She would just be like, are you struggling? Are you watching porn? Like, have you watched porn this week? Like, what, what, you, what, like, why have you watched it? What have you felt right before you did? And things like that. And yeah. so- um, I was in, I was in regeneration for a year and a half and I went through there's it's a 12 step program. So you go through 12 steps with the same group of women that you start with. So there was about, um, 10 of us, maybe 11. And we went through all 12 steps together, all year and a half together. Um, and the accountability, the community, the mentorship, all of that together is where I found recovery because you can't find recovery by yourself. Right. I'm just picturing you in a room, like you guys are in it together and like, fine, it's actually the me too people. Like I, I definitely want you to continue, but guys, I think y'all really need to like sit and like meditate on this metaphor she just gave. Like my body, I still have chills. Like if you didn't like hear that fully talking about the shackles and the help, like go back and listen to that part again. Like that just gave me so much, like, I don't know, that just hit really good and really hard. And like, okay, yeah, you can get help. Like there doesn't have to be shackles on your life, shame filled. Like there is a hope and a future for you. And so just, just want to throw that out there. If you didn't like fully get that, like what she talked about, like go back. Cause that was really good. I still have chills. Like I just feel lighter too. Like I just, my body feels lighter, you know, anyway, yeah. the community and feeling alone is, is so huge. So yeah. Yeah. I think the, the biggest, yeah, that was the biggest piece for me and the accountability. So like uh, accountability is huge. So when I first shared on social media that I was struggling with porn, I had probably 11 girls message me saying they were too. And I am so thankful that girls felt comfortable enough to tell me they asked what they could do. And my best piece of advice, if you're struggling with porn and you're a woman and you haven't said anything about it or you haven't told anybody or whatever it is, 
you have to, have to find somebody that will disciple you intentionally with that emotion. Yeah. You have to find accountability and you have to find somebody who's older, who's gone before you, who right. can sit down and who can ask those questions. It cannot be me. No. I don't, I don't live in the same state as many of you probably, <laughs> right. but I also like, you have to find someone. I, I would love to listen to you and I'll be here for you. But I feel like sometimes whenever I share this, people are like, Oh, well, now like she's my, I'm like, no, no. You have to find someone that lives in your area, goes to your church is a part of your life. And that's the scary part. That's the scary part. No one wants to do that. Right. I get it. I didn't want to do it for 10 years, you know? So <laughs> yeah. you have to find somebody in your life that you trust mm-hmm. that you can tell and that will ask you the hard questions. And right. so Basically, that's how I found recovery was doing regeneration. Um, Stephanie, Macy, McKenna, people in my life who cheered me on in the process mm-hmm. yeah. never made me feel like shame because I would mess up. So I remember being six or six or eight months clean, sober, mm-hmm. yeah. no porn. And I messed up. And I remember not wanting to go to regeneration that week and tell them because I'm like, everyone's going to be disappointed. That's the thing. They aren't and God isn't. Right, right. That's what we tie it to. We're like, but God's going to be so mad at me. God is not up there just so angry at us when we sin. He, of course it wounds his heart. Of course it hurts him. But he's not like, oh, I can't believe you did this again. That's not him. No, he's like, what's hearing this He's sitting in the rocking chair, prodigal son. He's like, just come back. Just yeah. come back. Just come back. It's okay. And there's this, but the, the thing is, is I think some, sometimes we confuse because we're like, well, there's no condemnation in Christ. That's true. There isn't, but there are consequences. Yes. And we have to understand that just because there's no condemnation in Christ, it doesn't mean that there aren't any consequences and that's going to be a hard, long road. Right. Because that's where I got confused. I was like, well, there's no condemnation and God still loves me. And you know, all those things are true. Right. But there's consequences to my actions and I have to work hard to undo and unlearn everything that I taught myself. Right. And that's the hard part. And there's consequences to your actions and you hurt people. And I lost friends. I lost friends along the way. And I, I hurt people and I said angry things because whenever you're in a place where you're hiding something and you're depressed, you're anxious, you have a big secret, you take it out on everybody else. And so the consequences are are large and they're hard, but they're not impossible to get over and they're not impossible to get through. If I can beat an addiction of 10 years by myself, in, in the dark to pornography, anybody, anybody, yeah, anybody can do it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wow, that was so many things, so many questions. Like that is just. I think the community probably was something that was like huge for you because, like you said, nobody can really understand until you've like been in those shoes. Like, yeah, you can help and say like, okay, cool, but like. Well, you've got to have somebody who's gone through it. Like that, that, I think that's super important when you're talking about is like, you've got to have that person who understands, who can really give you those helps. Like, so when I was, when Thomas and I were working through that, I needed to talk to a wife who had struggled with a husband having four, cause it wouldn't have made sense if I had talked to just like anybody. So yeah, it, it totally, I, I totally understand that. So did you like, feel, you talked a lot about shame. Did you feel like you grew up in a completely shame-filled culture? And so that's where like a lot of this came from. Was it just like, cause I know Satan like really likes to get in and like take that secret and like make it, this is the only thing that can, can do it. But did you feel you were, you felt like culture was like, just since it's such a man's issue, it was hard for you to talk about. Is that like where that kind of came from? Yeah, I think, uh, before I came to the church that I'm at now, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the church that I'm at now does a really good job of being <laughs> honest. And I think that they, the church I'm at now is one of the healthiest churches I've been in. Mm-hmm. Every, every church has their stuff, but I think that this is one of the healthiest churches I've been in. So I think before coming to this church, yes, I think that, and I've only been at this church for four and a half years, almost five. Yeah. So it's not like I've been super long, but um, before this church, I, I mean, I can just remember being in like high school and trying to go to this Baptist church mm-hmm. and I was slut shamed uh, for, 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 for making poor choices. Um, right. a, a mom in the youth group called me a whore. So there was like a lot of, um, there was a lot of, of ways that I feel like I felt shame from the church right. um, because the church isn't perfect and mm-hmm. the church doesn't always, and I would say they don't always do a great job reflecting the heart of God. And that's because we're human and we're sinful. And I think what happens a lot of times is as humans, we tie ourselves to the church instead of tying ourselves to the Lord. And God is the head, like he's the head. And we have to tie and have to have a healthy relationship with God, the father, before we can have a healthy understanding of what the church means and how it will fail us. It will disappoint us, but God never will. And that's like, um, something that really helped me in my spiritual journey, my spiritual walk, like, uh, understanding was like, okay, I can always a thousand million trillion percent trust God. Right. His promises will never come up short. He never, he doesn't lie. He doesn't break covenant. He's perfect. He's holy in all his ways in his nature. He literally cannot mess up, but the church that's full of humans, right? Right. Church is not going to do great and they're going to mess up and they're going to gossip and they're going to talk bad about you sometimes. And they're so, but I didn't learn that until I was in the last three years of my life. Mm-hmm. So from the time I was 16 until the time that I was 23, right? I was like, gosh, wow, the church really sucks. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that is true. Sometimes the church does really suck, but God doesn't. And right. there are a lot of really amazing things about the church mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't survive without the church. So it's like, right. <laughs> um, I think having a healthy understanding, I think this helps me so much having a healthy understanding that God is God. (laughs) God is God and he'll never fail. And what he says about me is in the highest regard of my life. Mm -hmm. Because what everybody else says about me is important, especially people who know you. Right. You cannot ignore people and be like, well, God says, well, God says this about me, so you can't say nothing. That's not how that works. No, no, we get to have accountability partners to be like that. Have to have accountability. But the highest, highest, highest regard in my life, the number one thing I want to listen to is what God says about me. Yeah. And what God says about me is that there is no shame. There is no room for shame. There's room for conviction. Yes. There's room for conviction and that, and, and God's kindness leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. That is true. That's true. And that's, and his kindness does lead us to repentance. And then we have true repentance. But a lot of times it's like, oh, I feel bad about this. I should fix it. That's not true repentance. Right. Um, true repentance is when you know, okay, I am, I am grieving the heart of God by living in this sin by myself. Right. I am grieving the heart of God. And then you say it. And then you're led to repentance because you know, the heart of God is coming. Yeah. And you know, the heart of God is, is good. And so I would say to answer your question, Hannah, I think the church, um, in the past has done a good job at, at, uh, creating shame behind issues. 
Um, when you, when I, I walk in this church, I have all these tattoos and you saw purple hair and a nose ring, you know, immediately you would think that people would be like, Whoa. and sometimes people were, but it was, it, it's crazy. Whenever I came to the church, I'm at now, mm-hmm. they were like, oh yeah, put her up on stage. She can just leave yeah. worship. And, yeah. and I'm like, it's, they, they didn't, it wasn't like, I don't know. And maybe some people think it's weird, but the, for the majority of it, the people at the church I'm at now, I feel like they just are so, they're just like, yep, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, and being in, being in regeneration and meeting hundreds of people. I, so I gave my testimony at the end of regeneration when I graduated or I didn't graduate, but I celebrated yeah. um, all 12 steps. Um, I had to, I, or I, I didn't have to, but they asked me to share my testimony on stage. Oh, that's so big. I was like, ah, I'm scared, <laughs> you know, but I was like, man, imagine the healing that will come for me saying this in front of all these people, hundreds of people right, on stage, because you know, the women's group knew that I struggle with it, but now yeah. we're going in and we're telling everybody. Yep. Including people who attend the church who are continue going to continue to see me. Right, like um, I'm up there leading. Let's go. Like. Yep. And they and I'm 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 not hard to miss. Um, I have a 27 tattoos and a nose. Like, yeah, I'm pretty recognizable. Um, so I'm like, this is going to be terrifying. But the freedom. Yeah. Yeah. The freedom so, is worth it. God, yeah. it's worth it. And that's one thing I think about all the time. I'm like, I know for me, like I've definitely struggled in private with a lot of things before, and I like. Yeah try to encourage my friends. I'm like the freedom that you feel when you just say it out loud is yeah. like Satan can't take it anymore. If you say it out yeah. loud and bring things to the light, Satan, Satan doesn't have control over it anymore because it's in the light. Yes. One of the things I always talk about is how the minute you say something, it just like loses its power yes, and how it Satan just gets so mad. He's okay. just like, and, and it's amazing because uh, the minute that I said out loud for the first time, the power, the stronghold, mm-hmm. all the, the shame, it's like, it kind of just diminished a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, you're like, oh, there's, there's actually hope and freedom. And cause then you're not, yeah. alone. and that's the biggest thing. Like with this podcast particularly, I'm like, I just want to help people feel less alone one episode at a time. Like know that like we are in this together and like, we're all have our stuff we're struggling with. And I talk about a lot too. We like to put sin on a level and so like the poor people are like ooh, porn that's so bad but they're here lying 24 7 or like stealing things or not being genuine i'm like and pride i'm like i don't know jesus sees them all the same so why are we like freaking out about this one thing when it's like i'm so so grateful you had friends who were like okay okay yeah. let's talk about it like cool yeah. like let's, let's I, it. like just had that response that's how we should respond when people mm-hmm. are bringing these heavy things to us it's like okay because the person sitting on the other side is i guarantee has other things that they're struggling with as well so why should we pass judgment right yeah. and i would say the overarching theme of my life has been the risk of being known is mm-hmm. worth the reward of freedom yeah so the risk of oh, they're really going to see this side of me mm. is worth, it is a thousand trillion million percent worth the reward of being free oh. and being free. There's nothing like it. Yeah. There's nothing, there's like, nothing it. like it. <laughs> there's nothing as amazing as fee- being free and, uh, and we're free in Christ a, a thousand percent. I was, um, but, but we can be bound by our sin. We can be a slave to our sin. And that's what I was for years of my life. Yeah. And another thing I want to, talk about real quick because I know I don't know some of us Melissa's may be on staff at a church but I a thousand percent can relate to you like 
or just being on staff or being, I was definitely not on the worship team because y'all know I can't sing, but <laughs> like being like a face in the church adds a whole nother level of feeling like you can't talk about it because um, I know I've, there were so many things I'm like, I have to live this like perfect life because people see me all the time and I have to be this way. And so because of that, I would like be like, so quote, very big quotes, guys, perfect all the time. And then I'd go have weekends where I would just go get like completely wasted, make out with so many guys and do all these terrible things and come back and be like, okay, I'm better now. I had my like rebellion for the weekend because I am trying to be so perfect all the time because I work at sta- on staff at church. And if I fail, oh God, because she's the one that people can see. And so um, I, I, I want to encourage other people in ministry out there. And I, I think you can as well that like, we are humans too. Like we just as much deserve to go through that or not deserve, but can go through those programs. Like we don't have to live this like complete perfect life. Like obviously, you know, they say you want to live above reproach, but like you do, we are human. We have things. So is that like an added level for you of like being afraid to talk about it was just because of all those like eyes? (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, yes, but also kind of no, because so the, 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 I was definitely scared. Um, because of my position. But one of the things I love about our pastor, his name's John McKenzie. Uh, one of the things I love about him is the way that he is so for people. Like, yeah. um, I would say that pastors on the regular lead pastors have to deal with crazy stuff every day. Right. <laughs> and by crazy stuff, I mean idiocy. <laughs> they have to deal with people, but you know what I mean? But, and, and, and John's not perfect. He never claims to be, but one of the things that John is, is he's just for people. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can do all these stupid things, but I'm the end of the day, I'm for you. That's how God is. Yeah. And one of the things I admire the most about John is his, he's just, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. And so John encouraged our entire staff. He's like, I think everyone alive should be doing regeneration, but especially our staff. Because one of our values. That is huge. I'm just like, okay, I'm coming to your church. I'm going to just, I love Yeah, Let's go. Like, God, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. He, so he, he, in our, in our staff meetings, would just encourage people. If you're like, if you're struggling, if you don't feel like you're struggling, like whatever it is, like go to regeneration. And he would just encourage everybody from on stage behind the pulpit. He would encourage people in our staff meetings. He would encourage one-on-one. He was so for, because one of our, our values at our church is healthy. You equals healthy us. And so when I get healthy, we all are healthy. And so um, regeneration is just the most amazing thing ever. I hope every church has it. And if you don't, um, I think you, there's a, maybe there's a way that you can find the curriculum online and encourage your church to do it. Um, but it's, uh, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life is commit Mm because that's the hard part is you have to keep doing it. You have to keep coming back. Keep showing showing up. Yeah. Yep. And so the best thing I could have ever done was commit to that, but also just have people in my life that were cheering me on. Like John didn't know what I was struggling with and he didn't know the depths of of what I was going through, but he was for me. He was like, no, I'm just, I know that you want to be healthy. I'm for you. And he was, he's for everybody on our, on our staff and for in our church body. And he just, he just is like, there's just not any shame in recovery. Yeah. Like there's no shame in that. Everybody needs it. We all need to recover from something. And so go and do it. And I was just like, having a pastor, having a leader who is like, you should get help. You're like, I love that. Our church, our church, uh, has like, will equip us with counseling, with therapy. We have a list of of people, the counselors in the area that we recommend our church. If you're on staff, they'll help pay for therapy. Like our church is like, go get help. (laughs) And so that's, 
that's like, I mean, like I said, no church is perfect, but I feel like I'm in one of the healthiest places I've ever been with my, because of right. who my leader is, who the people on staff are. Like we just have the most incredible um, community who's just aware of our sinfulness, aware of our nature. Um, and then, but also keenly aware of accountability, of recovery, of um, being honest yeah. and being and getting help and uh, taking time if you need it and all of that. So yeah. I think that really helps being in a community in the culture because I wasn't always in that. So right. and that's, the, I think that's the biggest thing too, because you, to be able to tell your friend, the first friend that you told, like you obviously had to be in, feel like safe. Like she made you feel safe, like that you could actually tell her. And that's huge too. It's just like being in a community where you feel safe to talk about those things and just be in, in a space where you're like, okay, I, I know that I can experience freedom because these people are not going to just like leave me or stop being my friend or, or judge me or whatever. Like you got to create that space for the people in your life to talk about those things. Like it is so important. Like I think your story is such a story of freedom and also gives so much hope to other people too. And just shows how important community is and just people saying like me too. Like I know that I know the Me Too movement was going around for so long, and I was like, I can understand how powerful that is because just someone saying like, "Hey, I'm struggling too," just immediately just takes that weight off and lets you know that you're not alone because loneliness is such a huge thing, and like feeling like you're the only person in the world, especially with women in porn, because like it is just not talked about. I remember when I was going through like youth group and talking about purity and stuff. Like I don't think anybody ever said to me like, "Oh, are you struggling with porn?" or even just ask or like ask, what are, have you seen porn? What are your thoughts on porn? Like, let's just openly have that conversation in a safe space. Like it was never talked about, but I asked Thomas, I was like, did y'all talk about like porn? He was like, oh yeah, like, of course. And I'm like, ah, great. Like apparently, and it's, it's another level of saying like women can't be sexual and women can't have sexual desires. Cause you said when you were 11 too, like your body was changing. And that's something I talk about a lot too, is you're biologically ready to like, let's go, you get turned on easy. I mean, I, you can literally get turned on by nothing when your hormones are happening. And so for us right. to just assume that like men are the only one, like that, that leaves us completely out, doesn't give us any space, which means we shouldn't talk about it because apparently only men are, or I'm so bad for dealing with it or whatever, like yeah. so many levels can go because of it can't be a woman's thing but like women we struggle too and I do think more now people are slowly starting to talk about it but it just takes people like you being like hey yeah this is a thing and you can get freedom and you can get hope and here's how you do yeah. it like or yeah. there's something for you like it just takes people being honest about it which is why I am honest about it because I uh it's funny because God will you know um make you TikTok famous <laughs> 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 I mean, not really, but, um, but God she, will, uh, but she has 50,000 followers. I think yeah. that, I guess <laughs> also like right around there. It's cool. Um, sometimes God will give you a platform or a, a space mm. and you have to use it as wisely as you can. Yeah. And, um, just recently in the last month, <laughs> God mm. has really expanded my platform on social media. So I have Social media is not the only platform that you can have. You can have right. real life platforms with people. Um, but one, one that I think God has uh, given me is, is social media. And I, it's a very scary thing. Sometimes I wish he didn't give it to me. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm thankful for it because you have opportunities to speak about things that are really important. Yeah. And that is why when you asked, I just remember you saying in the car, like, I want you to be on my podcast for something. And I immediately knew I'm like, and I just said, it. I was like for porn. <laughs> and you're like, yes. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And because, because it, it doesn't scare me to talk about it because, um, if it scared me to talk about it, where would the healing and freedom be found? 
So it doesn't scare me to talk about it. And I'm open about it because I want other women to know you're normal. Like you're not abnormal for the things that you struggle with. And um, you can't, freedom is possible. Healing is possible, but only through Jesus, only through Christ, only through his church and his people and accountability and conviction and repentance is healing possible. You cannot do it by yourself. Right, right. You just can't can't do it by yourself. And because that's so stop trying to do it alone. Yeah. <laughs> stop trying to do it alone. I know. Um, <laughs> right. And that's one thing too. Like we gotta normalize talking about it. I don't mean normalize like porn being okay at all. Like I'm just saying no. we need to normalize talking about it. Because even then, I like I told Carol before. I'm like I'm gonna ask her to be on my podcast because I, 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 all I had seen was like you probably talked about it more, but social media algorithms, things come through, whatever. And I was like I remember seeing one post of, that she had posted about. It. I'm sure you had done more than one, but. I was like, so I hope that she's like in a place to talk about it. But even then I was like, why do I feel so weird asking her to talk about porn? Like I shouldn't feel so weird, but it's just such a stigma around porn. And we just got to begin talking about it because I know it's something men and women equally are struggling with. And also women, like it's okay that we have sexual desire. And so like, if you have sexual desire, like where, where am I supposed to put this? And so that's just, that was the way that it goes too. And and yeah. we just got to normalize talking about it, normalize this as just a struggle that anyone, like anyone can have it. Like it's not, right. Right. And it's not it, yeah. I'd be shocked if anyone has gone through life and not seen porn. Like it literally is like on my Twitter, like I'll just scroll and like someone that I follow liked something. So it showed up and I'm like, it's just so easy to get to. I was just talking to my friends about that. Like, it's so easy to get to now. Like it's, it's not just like a magazine or Pornhub or um, any, like a movie. It's literally like on our phones, on Instagram, on TikTok, like just, it's so accessible. And so of course people watch it and struggle with it. And so why are we not talking about it? <laughs> so we're talking about it more. Um, well, anything else? I feel like you, we covered a lot. We talked about, we normalized it. We talked about ways to get help. I'm definitely going to link I'm, I'll probably like rejuvenation, like try and find like a link to it. I'm sure there's probably a website maybe that talks about it. Like the program. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I can send it to you. Cool. Yeah. Cause I definitely want to link that. Cause it seems like just the way that it, you overcame it, which is that community and commitment and showing up, like really showing up and talking about it. It was just really what helped you. And, and I want to be that encouragement to the other people out there. And so I'm definitely going to link that. Um, yeah. yeah. Any, anything else, anything you want to add? Did we miss? I feel like we just, that's not at all. <laughs> I, I don't think I have anything else. I mean, like, I mean, just, yeah, I guess my biggest thing is I just want everyone to find healing, find recovery, find, um, people in your life who love you and will champion you and cheer you on. It could not have gotten through, um, my addiction to pornography without people in my life right. who, who are on my team. Yeah. Um, so right. Stephanie, Macy, McKenna, John, People who push you to uh, be the best version of yourself. I could not, and I don't want to cry, but I'm a little emotional, but I could not have, I could not be as honest and as vulnerable and as truly uh, repentant in myself Mm -hmm. uh, if it wasn't for those people in my life who cheered me on during the roughest part, you know? So find people in your life that will cheer you on, that are on your team, that want to see you recover, that want to see you beat this. Um, And girls, women, if you have a similar story, if you have, have overcome important addiction, if you're in the thick of it, if you have like 
talk about it. Please use your platform. Um, please talk about it in a healthy way, in an appropriate way. Um, but please talk about it and normalize women um, talking about porn and, and, and being addicted to porn and overcoming an addiction to pornography because the world needs um, to know and other women need to know that they are not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a perfect way to just end that. Cause that is yes. A thousand percent. Yes. Retweet, double like, like it a million times, like all of that stuff. A thousand percent. Um, okay. So Lacey, where can we find you? Share all the internet things, all the social media things. I'm also going to link all of it in the episode notes. So you guys have it. I'll <laughs> post about this for sure in Tagger, but link all the things. Tell us where we everything. Um, so my, uh, Instagram is just at Abercrombie Lacey. So L A C Y and Abercrombie like the store. So it's, um, last name and then my first name. And then my TikTok is the same thing. It's just at Abercrombie Lacey. Um, my, um, what else is there? Love your neighbor. Uh, <laughs> my online store is, uh, also it's in my Instagram bio. Um, so click there and head there and follow that. And yeah. So if you guys ever have any questions or you know, if you ever want to say anything, just send me a DM. I try to answer them as much as I can, but yeah. yeah. Definitely guys go buy a t-shirt, support small businesses. And like what better t-shirt to have the one that literally says, love your neighbor. Like there's literally nothing better. And her t-shirts are awesome. So I literally think I have like four or five. I wear my rainbow one a lot too. <laughs> and she's got stickers. And so the shop opens and closes. And so make sure you are following to keep up to date. Cause those shirts I know go super fast. So I'm going to try to get a, get a tie dye one once we can pay off the credit cards because of my dog. So once we can do that, bye. I want a tie dye shirt. Um, but yeah, go follow her guys. This was such a good conversation. I, I hope we have helped you feel less alone. Lacey, you are the freaking best. Thank you so, so much for coming on and talking about it and helping women feel less alone and normalizing this conversation because we just have, have to have it. So guys, um, thanks so much for listening today. You can follow at say.whatpodcast on Instagram. Send me a DM. You know we chat back and forth about it. I'm going to figure out my notification so I can respond sooner. But um, follow me on there so we can chat. And my DMs are always open to talk. And I can add you to the Facebook group if you'd like to be added to that. So let me know and leave a review pretty please. That would help out so much. So thank you guys. I love you guys so much. And we will talk soon. Hey.